Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Amen. I use that opening from Revelation 4, not only on Trinity Sunday, obviously, but also more and more on, on saints' days like this, because the word saint has as its root the word holy, and that's what a saint is, someone who, by God's grace, because of the merits of Christ, has been made, is being made, holy, special, separate, set apart, different. It is not a, a word emphasizing our own merits or good works, although those are seen all glory to God. It is a grace word, and it's used of all believers. The Apostle Paul in his letters addresses everyone in the congregation, all of you, Followers of Jesus Christ, saints, indeed. We don't pray to saints on these days, asking them to intercede. That's foreign to what the Bible says. Indeed, contrary. We look at them as gifts from God, examples for us, and especially, most especially, this one. Most blessed. You just heard some other words from her earlier in Luke chapter 1 or the text today in her initial encounter with the angel Gabriel, a young maiden, uh, most scholars think given the culture of that day, maybe 13, 14 years old at first fearful but then assured by the angel and promised by the angel that she would bear God's son though she be a virgin and we believe that literally otherwise her son is merely human with a human father and mother but her response the angel said to her, nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. In her son's, God's son's name, it is the day of St. Mary, mother of our Lord and once again, I'll use the sermon as a little bit of a teaching tool to share both some um, things we do not teach about Mary as well as things we do teach from the Bible. That is good Lutheran practice even before Martin Luther, the via negativa and the via positiva. Uh, you sometimes have to say not only what is, but what is not, when we teach about communion, for instance, we say that it is, the bread and the wine, is, 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 his true body and blood. 
What it is not is merely a representation, merely symbolism, merely Christ's body and blood in your heart. It is not just that. In fact, someone without faith who communes is eating and drinking Christ's body and blood, truly, really, not for forgiveness, but for judgment. With Mary, there are some things we have to say we do not teach. You heard me first say we do not pray to her, asking her to intercede as is prominent, especially in one denomination. That same denomination, the Roman Catholic Church, as well as others also teach that Mary was assumed bodily into heaven. I got to tell you, August 15th is the day we mark this because the Roman Church does. Back in 1950, the Pope, I forget who it was then, spoke ex cathedra from the throne, so to speak, with supposed infallibility, which we also do not teach, but that Mary, although it's not taught in the Bible anywhere, did not die. She was assumed bodily into heaven. And that teaching arose very late in church records, third, fourth century after Jesus walked the earth. It doesn't appear it was even prominent in the first couple of centuries. The earliest church fathers, interestingly, are, are silent about the end of Mary's life. Irenaeus, I think one of them and others, note that she most likely resided after Christ's ascension in Ephesus, present-day Turkey, Asia Minor, we often call it, where John, Christ's disciple, lived. Remember at the cross, Jesus entrusted his mother to what may have been his youngest disciple so he would have the years to be with her and care for her. But nothing else is really noted of her. And indeed, I was talking with someone in here yesterday, how like Mary that is. It would be so antithetical to her character. We do see in scripture for her death to be made a, a, a big deal. I'm Mary, the most blessed of women. Of course not. In fact, her witness is just the opposite, and I'll get to that in a minute. We also need to say we do not teach that there was an immaculate conception, that Mary was without sin when she conceived our Lord. That, again, is taught by the Roman church, I think others too. We see the opposite, at least in later years of Mary, clear indications of, of ignorance when Jesus was 12 years old and they left him behind at the temples, this same chapter. It says of them that they did not understand what he was saying to them. Earlier, she appears to have a little bit of anger in her tone. 
your father and I were, were disturbed about this, she says. Now Mary was not without sin, and we'll see in a minute, she herself craved and had her own son, God's son, as her savior from sin. Mary indeed. Should not be mythologized or idealized. I think that's her great lesson for us. And a lesson, yes, I believe for Trinity Lutheran Church on a Sunday, two Sundays, a week now of, of a change in pastors. This intentional interim pastor has his final Sunday with you. Next Sunday afternoon, Pastor John Schusner will be installed. And there can be a tendency with pastors and with others to idealize, to get misconceptions. I haven't shared with this congregation what I often share with churches as an interim pastor. Most of them are calling a pastor, obviously. And I try to warn them not to idealize <laughs> what they had in a pastor or what they are looking for in a pastor. You may have heard this list from another pastor, the perfect pastor. Heard this? The perfect pastor preaches exactly 20 minutes, then sits down. <laughs> he condemns sin, but never steps on anybody's toes. He works from 6 in the morning to 10 at night, doing everything from preaching sermons to mopping the floors. He makes $500 a week, gives $200 back to the church, drives a late model car, buys lots of books, wears nice clothes, has a perfect family. He always stands ready to contribute to any good cause and to help every needy person who drops by the church. He is 36 years old and has been preaching for 40 years. <laughs> He's tall on the short side heavy set in a thin sort of way and handsome. He has eyes of blue or brown to fit the occasion. Wears his hair parted in the middle, left side dark and straight, right side brownish blonde and wavy. He has a burning desire to work with the youth and spends all his time with the senior members. He smiles all the time while keeping a straight face. He has a keen sense of humor that finds him seriously dedicated. He makes 15 calls a day on church members, spends all his time evangelizing non-members, and is always found in his study if needed. Unfortunately, this pastor died at the age of 37 from burnout. <laughs> Please do not look at Craig Schinnerer that way or John Schusner that way. There are great expectations, but we are not without sin. 
And yet I pray we and you can be like Mary in the most positive sense that you can see in her, first of all, her great dependence on God's grace. The first words spoken to her by the angel Gabriel were greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. That's the word grace, favor. We were debating what banner to put up today and finally it was decided the little one saved by grace. That describes Mary. She needed God's grace and forgiveness too and it's the first thing she had. I pray it for you, for me. We'll speak it to each other at the end. For Pastor Schusner and for this fellowship forever until we see our Lord grace, God's favor, covering sin by the blood of his son, indeed, paying the price that we could not. Galatians 4 is actually a Christmas epistle reading. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, but born under law to redeem those under law. Jesus came under God's law to take the punishment you and I deserve and to give you God's favor and grace. And as that's worked in your heart, like Mary, you have her chief characteristic. You heard, thank you, Lisa in the Magnificat. He has looked upon the humble estate of his servant humility that word simply means being low knowing one's place that we are so dependent upon God's grace that we are to be focused upward at his son Mary was I think the the one story that shows this short of the cross is John chapter 2, the wedding at Cana. Mary turns to Jesus. They have no wine, she says. Why him? There may have been something going on behind the scenes. Maybe he was involved in the administration of that wedding. But at the same time, it shows she's focused on him. And ultimately, all the way indeed to the cross, there she is humbly with a sword piercing her heart as predicted she is focused on her savior dying for her and for you and for all that humility of just trusting in jesus is 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 the key the greatest compliment i've ever received as a pastor and i still don't believe it is true was one person said, you are so humble. And it, it humbled me <laughs> to realize I am not. But to be focused on Jesus like Mary would be the greatest compliment of all time. Indeed, to live your life, as she says here, with astounding things happening, trying things happening, 
testing things happening. I am your servant. May it be done according to your word. I don't believe Mary said those words to the angel. It doesn't explicitly say that. I think she was exclaiming them to God according to your word. I will give you one last little Greek lesson in my final sermon. That word for word there is not the usual one. You may know logos. We get biology, zoology, anthropology. No, it's another word, rhema, which means utterance. She lived her life depending on the utterances of God, actually hitting her ears, spoken on her heart, treasured, it says twice, in her heart. She lived according to God's word as best she could by that word, giving her strength. I pray that for this congregation, for Pastor Schusner, for, for me as a pastor in the past, present, and future. That word, yes, reproves our sin, corrects us, drives us to the cross, forgives, assures, comforts, strengthens, and equips, even as we face astounding things, maybe not quite like a virgin birth, but still miraculous in our lives and eventually calls us to glory. It will be an angel's word on that final day with the Lord's. According to that word, we are with him forever. Whether or not Mary spoke to God here, I do for us. Lord, I pray that as we have served together this past year, as you continue to serve and we serve together, extended from each other in the time God gives us, as we are called to glory, may it be according to your word. Amen.